part of the Cup of Joe Gamer Network. To support this podcast and find in-depth video game reviews, go to cupofjoegamer.com. VGM Underground Session 3. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Cup of Joe Gamer, welcoming you to another fantastic jamboree of classic and new video game soundtracks. Today's episode is kind of a long time coming. I had recorded it twice now, and both times didn't go so hot. The second time went well, but I made the mistake of recording on the wrong microphone. So uh, yeah, to put in an almost an hour of recording into a podcast only to have to delete it all is kind of uh, kind of really upsetting. But uh, here we are, we're trying once again, and uh, third time is the charm, as they say. But it just so happens that third time's the charm literally goes with tonight's topic. So let's try to transition all that uh, positivity from the last time I tried recording this into this as we talk about one of my favorite topics and one that is surprisingly trending currently at the time of this recording. I'm talking about Klonoa. But Joe, what is a Klonoa? I hear you ask from the rooftops. And how does it apply to my life? How could Klonoa change me and make me a better person? Well, I'm glad you asked because uh, he may not change you, but he changed me when I was a child. Klonoa is a 2 to 2.5D platformer series that started way back in 97 on the original PlayStation, and for my money, it was the best side-scrolling platformer on both that console and its sequel was on the PlayStation 2. If you ask me, someone who arguably doesn't have a whole lot of experience with either of the consoles, I own a PS2, I don't have an extensive PlayStation 2 library, uh, or even a PlayStation 3 one for that matter, but uh, Klonoa has impacted me greatly because I grew up playing Klonoa 2 at my grandparents, and yeah, it was my cousin's game, and I'm pretty sure the reason she had it was because Klonoa, if you've never seen the character, looks a lot like a Sonic the Hedgehog character, more on Sonic in session two of the VGM Underground. But if you've seen him, he he definitely looks like uh, he goes by the same character design style or rules in that he's a feline looking character, but he's his own distinct animal. It's a it's a made up species. And uh, we're going to be going into Klonoa talking a little bit about him here and there with Door to Phantom Isle, the original Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle. Released in 1997 with the director Hideo Yoshizawa, who is also known for the Mr. Driller series. He's done both Klonoa 1 and 2. He did the original Ninja Gaiden trilogy on the NES, which I am a pretty decent fan of. I, I really need to go back to those games and see how they hold up, but I do remember playing the original quite a lot. Uh, he also did 
this is kind of a stretch, but he he also did Pack Picks on the DS, which was a kind of a favorite of mine back in the day, uh, back when original Nintendo DS was new. Uh, my brother owned Pack Picks, and I remember loving that game a lot. It it just it had a lot of charm to it. But we're not going to be talking about Pack Picks today. Composers for Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle are Eriko Umura, Kota Takahashi, Junko Ozawa, Tetsukazu Nakanishi. Takaki Horogome, Hiromi Shibano, Hiroshi Okubo, and Tomoko Tasuta, with the sound creative director being Kanako Kakino. Now, if you're like me and you look at that list and think, wow, that's a lot of composers for a 1997 video game, you're not wrong. They definitely fluctuate between each other in the game because uh, Klonoa's whimsical world not only looks really cool, but it sounds really cool. and We can thank all of these composers for doing such a bang-up job in making such a creative world possible. So what is Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle? Well, like I said, it's a 2D platformer, but it was basically the beginning of 2.5D. Ironically, Tomba would debut the same year, although a little later, but uh, Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle really paved the way to things that we pretty much appreciate now. I would say the majority of two-dimensional side-scrollers nowadays are 2.5D, where they are three-dimensional characters moving along a 2D plane left and right. And uh, when you see games like Donkey Kong Country Returns or Tropical Freeze or uh, Io the Clown, I think is a is a more recent uh, indie title, uh, you can thank Klonoa for basically inventing the idea of using either 3D backgrounds or 3D characters moving left and right like a two-dimensional game like Mario. So let's talk Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle. Let's read the back of the box as we like to do on this podcast. It definitely helps me uh, collect my thoughts and kind of pave the way for what we'd be talking about. Join Klonoa on a journey through a magical world where dreams and reality merge. Uncover the mystery of the legendary Moon Pendant and save the singer Lafice from the clutches of the evil Gaudius in his imaginative, enthralling adventure. Yeah, Klonoa, uh, while I don't have a whole lot of experience with the original game, Door to Phantom Isle, uh, the majority of my experience with the series stems from the second game, which was not only the first I played, but it still basically is my favorite. And uh, there's only two two or three games in the series I haven't checked out yet, uh, one of which was uh, only recently fan-translated, so I definitely want to check that out. The other being on the Wonder Swan, <laughs> Japan only as well. So uh, I definitely uh, need a emulator to just go ahead and test that out, because I'm sure it's a good game. But uh, yeah, so Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle features a huge cast of composers to accompany Klonoa on his journey to save a land. Now, to talk about Klonoa as a character, he's, as I said, he's kind of like a feline-looking character, but he's got, like, these long, puffy, like, cotton candy cloud ears, which are really cool, and they're definitely, like, the iconic look for the character. Um, So if you've seen Klonoa at all, like, those ears just really stand out. And I think it's a really cool, iconic thing. Um, For the longest time, the team that makes the games, his ear just kind of like running in this like little yellow square, like was basically the icon for the studio for uh, forever. 
Before we talk a little too much about the character, let's dive into some songs here so that we can set the stage a little better for uh, the kind of journey that we're going through with this cute, fuzzy character. I apologize for Klonoa fans as I'm kind of picking a lot of uh, probably heavy hitters uh, known to the community for the series. Um, I don't, again, have a lot of experience with the original game in the series, though I did play the Nintendo Wii remake that came out in 2010, goodness gracious, 12 years ago. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, my memories of that game are really fuzzy. So I'm, I went through the soundtrack and picked ones that I remember and can kind of place in my head. But for the most part, like I'm not really picking songs that Klonoa fans have aren't familiar with really. Um, so paving the way for our first tracks here, we've got the windmill song, which is a percussion fueled jolly romp. Klonoa of the Wind Indeed. This track certainly makes me imagine Klonoa and Hupo frolicking in lush fields. More on Hupo later. Second, we'll be listening to Melancholy Soldier, which is definitely a dialogue accompaniment. Uh, simple to start, but extravagantly breezy and delicate. And finally, Cursed Pamela, which is a boss fight with a fish mama, uh, at least from what I remember. Um, evil harpsichord and flutes await in this little ditty for a boss fight. So we'll go into those three tracks and we'll talk a little more about Klonoa as we come back from the break. Stay tuned.
All right, that was the windmill song, Melancholy Soldier and Cursed Pamela. I think out of those three, Melancholy Soldier is definitely my favorite. It has this real cool like um, Kirby meets Dragon Quest feel. Um, and it just it just feels like really great to listen to. It's super calming. It starts off just kind of like unassuming, like definitely like, oh, dialogue is happening. So they're trying not to like go crazy with the instrumentation. But then like the back half of the song is just really, really pleasant. I, I cannot say enough about how amazing the composers were and the instrumentation used was for this PlayStation 1 game. Uh, and this was definitely in a time where PlayStation was going really hard and getting great soundtracks on there. Now that they had so much space on these, can you believe it, games on CDs? But yeah, it was a big deal back then. And uh, games at the time were just, they were just evolving so rapidly. And the PlayStation 1 era, you can just see how things were just progressing to this like more and more prestigious uh just experience that you know nintendo started on their consoles but they nintendo definitely focuses on a game experience where sony you just you watch their catalog of games that they kind of represent and push and they're always almost always uh cinematic or compelling new experiences that that can only be made through progressing technology so what set klonoa apart besides all those elements and uh i gotta say Klonoa is still unique in that his gameplay of puzzle platforming is something I've still never seen in any other series. So Klonoa's thing is that he carries around a ring, big old giant ring that's like the size of his face uh, that he found in some field. And uh, when he found it, it kind of like puffed out this little orb character called Hupo. And uh, Hupo is Klonoa's best friend. He's his companion, and he follows him wherever he goes because he's tied to the ring that Klonoa carries. Now, Klonoa's big thing gameplay-wise is that using the ring, he can shoot a wind bullet at enemies. And this wind bullet, once it makes contact with any of the numerous cute little characters that wander around the world in Klonoa, uh, once it hits them, it inflates them, and Klonoa then can carry it above his head and throw it at other enemies and break blocks and stuff, or he can use it to do a double jump with. And uh, obviously the big elements of puzzling with the series is how do you get from point A to point B uh, with using the enemies that they throw at you. And one of the cool things about Klonoa is that, generally speaking, just about every enemy does something different that you do with it. Now, just about everything it's it follows the same like throw or double jump rule but uh other enemies uh just have different elemental properties like there's these little boom boo things which are like monkey bombs where if you pick them up and throw them like they'll detonate after a certain amount of time uh there's moose which are like the basic they're basically the goomba of the series where they just kind of wander around they don't really do anything other than just like they're just there <laughs> and uh, they're kind of unassuming, but they'll obviously hurt you if you run into them as as it goes with uh, platform rules. There's flying moves. There's moves with uh, swords and shields. I implore you to look up the moo design in Klonoa. It's just a freaking crazy cute character that like I wish was a animal living in my home. I would absolutely love to have a moo just walking around and living with me uh i've got my cat i've got my moo and uh we'll we'll slide in the uh cat goomba from super mario 3d world in there too like why not they're all cute they're adorable i want them in my house i will never leave 
Moving on. So that's Klonoa's big thing is the wind bullet mechanic, and it's really unique. I've never seen any other game that like really focuses on characters or enemies being objects that you can use as much as Klonoa does. Because the puzzles that you're solving are more or less just in your way to get from point A to point B. These are long extended uh, levels that you are constantly running into obstacles to pass and you're trying to figure out how to get from left to right or just in caverns and castles how to get in and out of areas uh, is basically the big thing with Klonoa and I love it so much it's a gameplay style that I really need more games just like that and it's fortunate that they are releasing or have released actually at the time of this recording a remake of the first two games bundled together in Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. So if you're like me and you're you like Klonoa or you're curious about Klonoa, you can download a free demo on just about every modern console out there. It's on Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, the Xbox series of consoles. Yeah, it's available out there. So if you want to play a demo uh, just to get a feel for how Klonoa plays, I really implore you because, and this is really the, the big staking point in why I'm doing this episode, Klonoa is a criminally underrated and underappreciated series. It is tried multiple times to get off the ground and just be a series that is well known and it needs your help please buy this game or at least play the demo to see if it's something that you'd like because i guarantee you if you're interested and you've listened this far uh, you're probably at least willing to try it so please i implore you download the demo uh, play the first level of each game klonoa one and two they're there just just give it a try because if it doesn't like capture you i you know, that's fine, but this series just needs your help. It needs to grow so much, and the music is so amazing, and the character art and the character uh, stories are just, they're just so unique. Uh, I, I cannot express how much I love the series enough. It really makes me want to explore the games that I haven't played yet, so uh, maybe one of these days I'll tackle them. But moving on, as I said before, I'm not too familiar with the first Klonoa game, so uh, these next three tracks will be the last I'll play from Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle. I'm really looking forward to replaying these games as I wait for my physical copy of the game to come overseas so I can finally play it, even though I'm kind of, at this point, I'm almost three weeks later than everybody else, so hopefully I'll be able to experience it soon. But these next three tracks I've picked are Grandpa's Chair, which is either a level map screen or a cutscene with Klonoa's Grandpa. I can't really picture Klonoa's Grandpa very well. I don't remember like a long cutscene with him. He's definitely in it, but uh, definitely not a prominent character if I remember correctly. I've labeled this song as a gentle sleeper hit. Next, we got Forlock Twist, which has forest drums and echoes to drive this fun track, giving a real sense of tribal exploration. Which is like, it's pretty much your typical uh, thick wooded area level. I remember something about like these little characters that didn't speak a whole lot of like proper language, whatever the made up language Klonoa and Kupo speak. He just kind of speaks broken English for us readers, but there's several of these like little guys that you're helping out as they help you traverse the forest and uh, like fix these these little conveyor belts and stuff that will get you from point A to point B. It's a really, really cool song. And thirdly, we've got Joker's Move, which is one of the big bads pursuing Klonoa and Hupo. Lots of tunneling synth patterns drive this one, which uh, really gives me a Sayonara Wild Hearts feeling, which you've heard of that game or know anything about it. I kind of covered it on the beta version of this podcast like a couple years ago, um, which is like, it's almost like clubby 
pop album music, but it's just very synth wavy and uh, makes you feel like you're just traveling at light speed. So uh, we'll be back after those three tracks. That's Grandpa's Chair, Forlock Twist, and Joker's Move. And we'll be back.
All right, that was Grandpa's Chair, Forlock Twist, and Joker's Move from Klonoa, Door to Phantomile. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, um, I really like all the music that uh, we picked here, but the soundtrack is definitely significantly smaller compared to what I'm used to, which is a massive soundtrack for Klonoa 2, which we'll be tackling right now, and boy howdy. What an adventure. This is definitely something that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. I wasn't sure if I was going to be writing a review on it for the website or if I was going to do a whole episode of Klonoa 2. But with the re-release of Klonoa 1 and 2 as a pack in Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series out now for Nintendo Switch and PS5. Yeah, it just kind of gave me the excuse to revisit those songs and uh, just kind of get a better idea of what the series is all about again. Just because I'm not really familiar with it, I did play the 2010 Wii remake, and other than listening to them in the Wii remake, which I don't, again, I really don't remember my experience with that. If you know anything about Klonoa in the gaming space, you're probably familiar with the big reveal at the end, which I am not going to spoil. Uh, And it's definitely, in my opinion, the reveal is really overplayed by video game players. It is, it does take a huge turn for the dramatic, uh, but I never really see it as a big deal. It is like really shocking and uh, it, it definitely like changes your entire perspective of the game that you just played near the end there. But uh, for the most part, like, I've never had a problem with it. I, I don't really know why uh, people have just, like, labeled it as, like, this really dumb thing that happened at the end. Uh, I don't know. I accept it. I think it's kind of cool. It's definitely something that you wouldn't see from these kind of games. And I don't know. I, I definitely embrace unique qualities in games when it comes to uh, series that play Similarly than others, I I definitely have an itch for something different when it comes to my gaming experiences. So now we dive into a topic that I am much more passionate about, and that is Klonoa 2, Lunatea's Veil. Released in 2001 with new composers, but the same director. Composing this time around is Kanako Kakino, returning again. Eriko Imura, Katsuro Tajima, Asuka Sakai, Kota Takahashi, and Go Shina. And uh, yeah, so a couple years later, uh, five years in fact, Klonoa definitely goes through a redesign. Originally, he kind of had this like small cat eye face thing where <laughs> going where he's got like big yellow eyes and like uh, thin, sharp pupils. But uh, I definitely really prefer the redesign that was done for him in Klonoa 2 and would basically represent his look from here onwards. And uh, yeah, so they aged him up a bit. He's not this like little dog thing with a weird red collar. I just never cared for that design. Uh, now he's got a cool blue shirt and a backwards hat that's got a Pac-Man on it. And uh, yeah, he's just he just looks much more uh, breezier uh, to go with the whole Kaze no Klona, which means basically uh, Klonoa of the wind in Japanese. Um, but that kind of thing of the wind is kind of lost uh, transitioning here to the sequel. I don't really quite know why they keep the, that name because uh, Klonoa more or less uh, has gone by the dream traveler uh, in the series, which it's not really heavily explained. I, I kind of wish they would go into more detail on what exactly it means to be a dream traveler but uh kicking things off in Klonoa 2 Klonoa just kind of like we see him like drifting in and out of worlds and uh alternate dimensions really and I think that's what we're supposed to believe the dream traveler does is that while he sleeps he travels 
to different dimensions and worlds that kind of is calling to him or needs his help. Uh, it just kind of brings him to it uh, without his knowledge. So Klonoa is kind of floating in the ether. He's splashing around through these tidal waves and uh, he finds himself washed up in the land of Lunatea. And uh, he meets some new friends, Popka, the weird dog striped thing that's like a cross between Piglet, Winnie the Pooh, and he's got like these weird green stained glass window eyes. I've he's just a weird looking thing, and uh, he's got the attitude to back up uh, just how weird he is. Accompanied by him is Lolo, who's a little uh, she's a priestess in training in Lunatea, and she's one of the main cast. So Klonoa, Popka, and Lolo are on this journey to save the land from this mysterious fifth kingdom that's popped up. Let's read the back of the box here. A hero's work is never done. Klonoa, our long-eared pal, has stumbled on another incredible adventure. The mystical realm of Lunatea and its kingdoms are in danger of losing their peaceful balance by the sounding of a dark, magical bell from a forgotten land. Join Klonoa and a new cast of friends in this daring quest to save Lunatea and help unveil the mysteries of this enchanted world. Yeah, so a completely new setting for the sequel. Not only is it the setting different, but uh, we jump into full 3D uh, with the push of 2001 technology on the PlayStation 2 at the time. So yeah, originally Klonoa was a 2D character moving along on a 3D plane. So uh, explain the 2.5D a little bit more here. Uh, as Klonoa would move left and right, the camera would pan and uh, you would still be holding left and right to move Klonoa, but uh, the camera would change angles and the world would kind of wrap around in ways and pathways to, uh, just to make it a little more realistic. And uh, Klonoa 2, while it plays exactly the same as far as how you move around, uh, they've transitioned to full 3D. So Klonoa and all the characters he interacts with, they're now 3D models, uh, and it uses a cel-shaded look, look, which at the time looked terrific. And I was... Really late to the game, I played the uh, Klonoa 2 pretty pretty later on. I would say the earliest I played it was probably 2005. So I was a little late to come to it, obviously, just because no way it really ever heard it, or still has really heard of Klonoa, unfortunately. So yeah, my experience with the series was a little later on. But nonetheless, I really enjoy this game. It is a phenomenal piece of art, and uh, I am so thankful that this uh, re-release has, from the ground up, just rebuilt the whole thing. It looks even prettier than it did before. Very pretty bloom lighting, and uh, just makes everything look great. And uh, you bet the level that I played from the demo of Fantasy Reverie uh, was the Klonoa 2 one, to, to see just how amazing the game looked compared to how I remember it. All right, so let's jump into some tracks here to uh, accompany the setting. As Klonoa washes up ashore, we are granted to Seaway, uh, which is an undeniably amazing first level song. Like the sea of tears that accompanies it, this track makes one heck of a splash. Second is Going to Lunatea, which is often referred to as the theme of Klonoa 2. This track is boisterous and adventure-driven, a climax to a terrific opening stage. And uh, if I remember cl correctly, this song starts playing as uh, Klonoa is like shot out of a cannon uh, and lands on this like golden bird so that he can ride it to uh, the final location of the level. It's just really cool. And at the time, games were definitely 
driving heavily towards uh, more cinematic experiences. So cutscenes and all that were like really important to the team back then. So yeah, just like seeing Klonoa like fly across this splashing dark stormy uh, seaside space and land on this bird and just like fly along the path. It's just really, really cool at the time. Uh, thirdly is Lolo's theme, which is a relaxing theme for the priestess in training herself. This track brings back all the memories I have from childhood, spending summer days outside pretending and inside collecting all those pesky gems to unlock artwork for the game, which was definitely, uh, it was definitely for experts. <laughs> you had to get all the gems in one go every single time for the stages to unlock the artwork. And uh, it was a challenge, but you better believe I spent the time to get them all. So anyway, we'll go into those three tracks and be back.
I've always really liked Lolo's theme. There's something just really calming to it. Um, it just kind of has this like sense of it's like a slight wonder, but it's it's just like it's just a great friendship song, and it's one of those things that like I always kind of wanted like apply lyrics to. I'm not sure if I'll ever get around to it, kind of thing. <laughs> More video game music should have lyrics, in my opinion. It's always a fun thing to like scroll around YouTube and find a song that you like and see that someone had added lyrics to it. It's just really really neat thing. Uh, I'm shattering the illusion uh, in this episode. I've picked this podcast episode up two weeks later uh so i now have played uh klonoa fantasy reverie series and played the first level of klonoa 2 and uh yes it it definitely holds up it is a great first level uh in the sea of tears there with the seaway all so i've heard all three of these songs back to back to back for this level so yeah it it holds up it is a great first stage definitely Feels like a huge throwback, but at the same time, like the game is like really good at portraying what the game was like back then, but like just with just slicking it up and making it look nice and pretty. So, but yeah, it's <laughs> uh, I had to like drop this recording so I could focus on other things. I'm going through a move right now, so <laughs> it's just kind of on a when I can do it basis is what I've been working with. But here I am to pick up the last half of the podcast so anyway uh yeah Klonoa 2 is just it it just holds so many good memories for me but it's also just like a great game to play um when it comes to just chilling out like the music is just super atmospheric the game is like really great with the puzzles and uh I really have no complaints of the uh remake collection so far it's just really slick and I am looking forward to playing more of it and uh, hopefully writing about it soon. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I got some other projects I got to finish up before I uh, move on to writing about that one. So uh, hopefully look forward to that in the future. All right. So we'll be jumping into Jubilant, Jungle Cruise, and Ark version one. So Jubilant, the third world Klonoa and friends hop to, this carnival themed area is bursting with fireworks and fun. This track really embodies a sense of joy, which, as I stated before, is really the focus of the kingdom in Jubilant. Second is Jungle Cruise. Following Joyland's theme comes this fun water slide of a song. The song accompanies the first airboard stage, which would be a trademark part of Klonoa going forward in later games. Making its first appearance is the airboard that Klonoa rides in Klonoa 2. It's so evident and important to the developers that they included multiple screenshots of Klonoa on the back of the box riding this airboard and uh, with the uh, camera pulled back behind him for a more 3D perspective. And uh, yeah, it is a little funny that they like really leaned hard on it because they probably just knew that like they couldn't market it at the time uh, to people as a 2D platformer because that's not what people were wanting back in the day. People wanted to be taken seriously. They only play good looking 3D games that are on the edge of a... You get what I'm saying. People were afraid, uh, developers back then, were afraid of people not taking their game seriously if it didn't have like an edgier look or premise or whatever. So I don't know if it was like in development, they said that they needed to have three-dimensional airboarding stages, but like, I mean, they're still really fun. So it's definitely not a downside, but uh, I'm sure the marketing team was just like, we got to get as many screenshots as we can of this airboarding. So yeah, there's like four four or five screenshots on the back of the box of this airboarding so uh it's fun the jungle cruise area is is a lot of fun it's a great it's a great way to introduce the mechanic of airboarding and 
those they're basically auto scrolling stages. So you're you're constantly moving forward and you're like collecting items on your way down, getting enemies out of your way, and it's it's a lot of fun. Thirdly is Ark version one, which is a little crazy and a little creative. In this area of the game, Klonoa and pals are attempting to fix a giant city-sized ship called the Ark. You'll spend a lot of time aboard the Ark in this massive level, but luckily this whimsical track is both sweeping in variety and very calming. And something about the instrumentation of Ark just makes me think of Tales of the Abyss, which I know was a game that came around that time and is from the same company. It doesn't share any of the same composers, but there's something about the instrumentation that just really reminds me of this game. Um, I played it much later on in the 3DS, but yeah, just it. I don't know what it is about this song. I, I love this song, but for some reason it just makes me think of this completely unrelated uh, RPG game. But anyway, so rounding it off, we got Jubilant, Jungle Cruise, and Ark Version 1, and I'll catch you after these.
beautiful. I, <laughs> uh, the arc is just such a calming, relaxing song. Um, I've always enjoyed it. It's it's got so much like strange instrumentation, and it just feels so otherworldly, which is fitting since the ship that they're trying to the arc itself trying to get back up and running is basically this like it's kind of like this like weird worldly wonder where you know like something like one of the seven wonders in our world but like we just don't actually fully understand it kind of like the pyramids where it's like they're getting it back up and running but like it's it's just like a mystery as far as like how it runs and everything so accompanying it with such a strange song is really really cool but it's just so calming around this part of the game is when the puzzles get so much more involved i remember just hearing this song a lot more often than the others just because you spend so much time on the arc uh, going back and forth and as a kid you know 11 and 12 around that time just figuring out these much more varied puzzles they're, they're just like they're just much harder and there's a lot of backtracking involved if i remember correctly clono one actually does a lot of this too uh, but with the arc it's it's such a massive level you'll be spending time like going to and from like some of the same corridors because you've activated switches that now you can access other areas that you were intending to go down, but now thanks to whatever you just turned on, you can go and access it now. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, this is where things get a little more varied and harder. So, uh, but still just as relaxing. And thanks to that music, it, it just makes for a wonderful stage. Klonoa 2 does this thing where there's so much like amazing greenery and plants growing on machines and stuff. Like it's just, the sense of place in Klonoa 2 is just mesmerizing every area that you visit in this game just has such a like it, you could just tell it like has a history behind like every little area every room that klonoa walks into you can just feel like it's brimming with life um even though there's like these little moo enemies like just attacking you from afar or just running around like seemingly seemingly aimless they just feel like they're supposed to be there and klonoa is like the stranger walking in on an ecosystem that's just like that's just been there for hundreds of years or so or something like that and yeah it's it's just such a cool cool thing bandai namco and uh the directors there making the games they just knew what they were doing when it came to just creating something that you've never seen before or just playing on fantastical ideas and just giving like a sense of place is just something that i feel like games don't really do a whole lot more anymore there's either a, either a focus on like some really deep narrative or they're just completely focused on gameplay and there's nothing wrong with either of those things but to just see whimsical worlds that are just they're thought out but they're not like overly thought out it's i don't really know what i'm trying to say but <laughs> uh i guess the world of klonoa just feels so natural even though it's filled with creatures that are you know not like our world at all so <laughs> Whatever all that means, I said it. <laughs> all right, walking into our final group of tracks here, we've got Volky's Song, Moonlight Museum, and Cursed Lee Arena. The Volky Song follows Klonoa 2's emotional states as its theme. Volk represents hatred with a bombastic and jazzy theme, accompanying two adjacent cities forever at war at each other. Klonoa must avoid flaming buildings, giant robots, and obvious cannon fire. I remember this being like, one of my least favorite stages not just not because of like how hard it is to play or anything but like it's just like <laughs> uh since the theme of the world is like war it's just kind of like it's kind of a bit of a bummer because you're walking around these like jumping between these two cities that are like just fighting all the time shooting bombs through windows and stuff and like it gets 
really crazy and especially when once you hit like the part two of the game which basically makes you go through some of the worlds that you've already visited but like a lot of things have changed if i remember correctly like volk is just like even more on fire the second time around i could be like completely wrong and like remembering differently like maybe you don't go back to volk but uh there's something about volk it, it just it it's just a little bit of a downer but the music is really good and bombastic Moonlight Museum, however, is one of my favorite video game tracks of all time. Many hours were spent traversing this wondrous course full of false mirrors, winding perspectives, stairways that lead to all manner of dimensions, and more. Playing Moonlight Museum is still a one-of-a-kind experience. I really would love to talk about my Moonlight Museum, but like, with the game not, just not being very popular and with the re-release like, kind of like gaining some tread in the gaming community... Uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's just, it, it's a sight to behold. I've never seen anything in a game like the Moonlight Museum stage. It's, it's got like a, like a Nights into Dreams whimsy to it. So there's like a lot of like abstract like art and stuff, but like, I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's, I'm just going to let the music do the talking and as weird of a track as it is, hopefully it kind of gives you an idea of like what to expect. <laughs> Probably listening to it, you're going to be like, I've no actual context for what could possibly be the theme of that stage so yeah it's fun it's amazing uh please play Klonoa 2 just to at least get to Moonlight Museum it is such a cool cool area and uh lastly we've got Cursed Lee Arena an unbelievably amazing boss theme Lee Arena is a female pirate who's been attempting all manner of sabotage on Klonoa's quest uh, she re-emerges as a giant and corrupted monstrosity. This song is nothing short of incredible, so much so that I cannot believe this isn't the end boss theme. This this is pretty close to the end, but I mean, this has got to be like one of the most amazing boss fight songs I've ever heard. It is incredibly epic, and maybe it's misplaced. Like, maybe it has no business being in this game about like cuddly characters, like with really cute designs and like there's some heavy theming in it, but like once you get to this part of the game, it's like, oh my gosh, like this almost has like a Castlevania vibe to it, like a final boss fight with Dracula or something going on. Like it's an incredible track. And I feel like probably it's if with more people playing this game and it getting out there more in the gaming zeitgeist, I would imagine that people are going to be like flipping out hearing this song for the first time because it is amazing. And it's probably like, it, I dare say it's it's really like most likely very overlooked and it really really deserves to be much more popular because it is an incredible song and this is coming from somebody who's not really into boss themes that much uh they usually kind of like are so intense that I wouldn't want to listen to it but there's just something incredible about this song okay so Volky's song Moonlight Museum and Cursed Leorina and we'll be back
Yeah, talk about intense. <laughs> um, I don't even think I've played like a role-playing game or a JRPG with a end theme, boss theme slash fight theme that's as intense and epic as the theme for Cursely Arena. Regarding Moonlight Museum, I, as much as I would just love to talk about how whimsical and amazing that stage is, I just, with the game being remade and re-released, I just don't want to spoil it for anybody because it is just such a such a unique a unique piece of art in that level. So just go out and play it for yourself uh, and uh, tell your friends. <laughs> that brings us to the end of the show. As much as I would love to just keep show- showcasing Klonoa 2 music, because there's just a ton to share. Uh, it's not really what the uh, show is about. Uh, it's more about just getting it out there, getting people interested to possibly buy the music. Because uh, Klonoa 1 and 2 are both on vinyl right now. I believe you can get them through Black Screen Records or Ship to Shore. Um, I think even Fangamer is selling some of them in reprints or something like that. But um, they're available out there. So if, if you've liked the music here you could either you know buy the music or buy the game i highly recommend buying the game (laughs) as uh sales will only be a good thing for this series if you are interested try out the demo like i said it's hard to say where uh this re-release puts the series um i can only hope that the sales will help it green light sequels but i mean it's been such a long more or less a dead franchise so it it's not likely that it's going to spawn sequels but one can dream and uh as a longtime Klonoa fan I I am really really wishing for Klonoa 3 I know the creator has uh made comments before on social media that he's always wanted to make 3 so maybe this would be enough to jumpstart it uh back to life again uh maybe this remake is the defibrillator that brings the series back to life but uh yeah, for now, just uh, go out and buy Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. Just support this franchise because goodness gracious does it need all the help it can get. But as far as me, thanks for listening so much to the podcast. You can find everything I do at cupajogamer.com. That's C-U-P-P-A-J-O-E Gamer. You can follow my Twitter feed. I'm on Tumblr, Facebook, uh, just about everything as Cuppa Joe Gamer. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Cuppa Gamer. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Cuppa Joe Gamer. And uh, for just a dollar a month, you can keep the show alive. I hope to be doing a lot more uh, of this podcast, but I've got a lot of other projects too. You can uh, support the website and this podcast by just uh, being a part of the Patreon But I definitely plan to, hopefully, once the dust settles with the move and uh, a lot of the big life changes that I'm going through, uh, just kind of settles down a bit. I'd love to do a lot more on Patreon. So hopefully in the future, I'll be able to do some more projects and uh, get a little more involved with the audience. But uh, anyway, for now, uh, I'm just doing what I can. So cupofjoegamer.com for... Uh, all my in-depth written reviews that I do for games. I'm currently working on Going Under, which is a really fun indie game, but uh, I've got more planned. Recent uh, writings include Metroid Dread, which was really fun to write about. The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles is one I I did earlier, Um, and I spent a lot of time trying to make these articles colorful. So check them out, cupofjoegamer.com. 
Uh, sending us out is Traveler, which is the Klonoa 2 end theme. Uh, following another bittersweet ending for Klonoa, this end credits theme is wholly original and terrifically happy. Small bongos, violins, fun piano, and Klonoa's iconic flute approximations bring us to the end of this fantastic chapter in the Dream Traveler's story. Will we ever see a Klonoa 3? Only time can tell. For now, I'll see you guys in another vision. There's more Klonoa to talk about as I'll do uh, spin-off games and uh, the portable sequels on Game Boy Advance. But for now, uh, taking us out is Traveler from Klonoa 2. Thanks for listening, good night, and good luck. That sounded really awful. I'm going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs>